It's time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tire. Welcome to another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. It feels like ages since we last talked, doesn't it? Maybe that's because it has been a while since I spoke with you. I think it was before Christmas previewing the World Junior Championship with Chris Peters of Flow Hockey. That was our last episode. So I suppose I owe you a happy belated New Year. Happy 2024. Hope everybody had a great holiday season. And we're back ready to rock as we begin the second half of the season in terms of the Pipeline podcast. So as I just mentioned, the last time that we spoke, we previewed the IIHF World Junior Championship in Gothenburg, Sweden with Chris Peters. Now it's time to talk about what the Blue Jackets prospects in that tournament did. And here to join us this week is the Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash. It's always a great time catching up with Rick. I love our conversations about Blue Jackets prospects, and this is just another one of those. So a great, interesting chat is on the horizon. But before we get to it, let's recap and review some of the guys that were in the tournament. Well, not some of the guys, every Blue Jackets prospect that was in the tournament. There were four of them. First off, for Team Canada, who frankly had a little bit disappointing of a tournament, not skating away with a medal, there were Denton Matejchuk and Jordan Dumais. Both of those guys were drafted by the Blue Jackets in 2022. Dumais was a third-round pick. He's now an excellent standout forward with the Halifax Mooseheads in the QMJHL. Then Denton Matejchuk was selected 12th overall by the Blue Jackets. He is a terrific defenseman in the WHL with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Matejchuk opened some eyes in the tournament. He finished things off with four points, all assists in five games. Dumais had his struggles, two points with one goal and one assist in five games as well. Then the Blue Jackets had a representative on Team Finland who kind of surprised finishing the tournament in fourth place. Oiva Keskinen was the Blue Jackets prospect on Team Finland. They selected him in the seventh round in the 2023 NHL entry draft in Nashville, and he had a little bit of a coming out party. If you recall, Chris Peters didn't know a whole lot about Oiva Keskinen, but he finished the tournament with two goals and three assists for five points in seven games, so a bright future for him it looks like. Then Gavin Brindley on gold medal winning Team USA. The Blue Jackets selected Brindley in the second round in 2023 and he was one of the best players in the tournament. He finished off with 10 points, that was third most, and he also was fourth in the tournament with six goals. He was a difference maker on both ends of the ice for Team USA and was really a play driver for that team. I talked about it with both Denton Matejchuk and Oiva Keskinen, the way that they opened eyes to people there. Well, Gavin Brindley did that as well. So all in all, I'd say a pretty solid showing for Blue Jackets prospects in that tournament. But I know you don't care what I have to say about it. Let's hear what Rick Nash has to say about it. So without further ado, here he is, the Blue Jackets Director of Player Development. Rick, well, first off, welcome back to the States. You were over uh, at the World Junior Championship. So how was Gothenburg, first and foremost? Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, didn't see the sun much. It was uh, dark and, and rainy, but got to watch lots of hockey and got to watch our four uh, prospects taking part in the tournament. And it was a uh, a good trip. Let's start off talking about Team Canada. I'm sure a little bit disappointing for them in terms of the result, 
but your thoughts on the Blue Jackets players there. I know Jordan Dumais had kind of his ups and downs in the tournament, maybe dealing with a little bit of injury, but what were your thoughts on Jordan Dumais' play? Yeah, Jordan obviously, um, you know, is a point producer and and with his uh, his time in Halifax, he obviously puts up huge numbers and and didn't really seem to have that same success with uh, with Hockey Canada at the World Juniors. But in watching his games, he was still making some really high end uh, high end plays and and highly skilled plays. Um, he th- that part of his game was still impressive. But um, you know, he couldn't seem to get into a groove. Uh, you know, just like their whole team to. Uh, to have major success in the tournament. But, um, you know, if you watch him closely, he was still making some uh, some pretty good high-end uh, offensive skill plays. What's the word on Jordan Dumais this season? Like, is he progressing the way that you guys hoped in terms of going back to Halifax this year? Yeah, I, I think it was an interesting case. I know uh, you and I have talked about this before with, um, you know, kind of the rule in the CBA where, where he had to go back to junior and, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that he worked on his 200 foot game. And and I think he's proved that at a Traverse City uh, prospect tournament during exhibition games with the CBJ and now at, at higher levels with uh, with the world juniors. So that was one of the one of the things that we really wanted him to work on. Obviously, we know he can put up points. He, he can play on the offensive side of the puck. And and I think he's done a real nice job uh, committing himself to uh, to play in a full 200 game um, at, at the junior level back in Halifax. Is that the complete next step for Jordan Dumay, or there are some other things in his game that you guys are looking for him to improve as well? Yeah, well, I think when, once you get to uh, you know the NHL or AHL, you you just can't rely on uh, you know your offensive ability to have success. Um, you know the the players get faster, the players get stronger, the game gets quicker. So you want to make sure that you are a a complete player. And I know Jordan has that in him. We've seen it before. I think it's just a matter of doing it at a consistent basis at the junior level. So when he does get up to a pro level, he will be uh, he'll be fully ready. But um, other than that, you know, you you never want to take the creativity way or the instincts of a uh, of a highly skilled player like Jordan. So so we're working on you know, smaller things like the 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 200-foot game. Denton Matejchuk, I think, opened a lot of eyes at the World Junior, and deservedly so. I thought he was terrific at Blue Jackets training camp, and uh, he's obviously had a great year with Moose Jaw this season, but what were your biggest takeaways from watching Denton Matejchuk in the tournament? Yeah, I thought Denton had a great tournament. I think he was... Um... He was kind of driving the bus, in my opinion, for uh, for Canada. Um, you know, he was playing a ton of minutes. He was playing in every situation. Um, he, he his his hockey sense, I think, came out. You know, everyone knew how how good of a player he was. Um, you know, on the D side of the puck and making that first pass. But but I truly think that his uh, his creativity came out during the World Juniors too. He had some great plays in the O zone, and then he was just really reliable in the D zone as well. Um, I, I was really, really happy with Denton's tournament. I thought he uh, he had a great showing. How has Denton Matejchuk grown since when the Blue Jackets drafted him a couple of years ago? How has he changed over time? Yeah, I, I think his his game has has become um, in, more reliable. You know, I think in his draft year, I saw him a, a few times, and you know, he he was a little more high risk. Um, you know, maybe hanging on to pucks a little too long. And I think his his game has has really developed into a mature game. If if you watch uh, the World Juniors, he, he had a pass in front of him and he made it when there was a um, you know a skilled play to be made, whether it was a outlet outlet pass coming out of your own zone or a neutral zone cross ice or 
an ozone fake shot and and seam pass he made those plays and he was kind of making them with with ease too so i think um i, I think his decision making has come a long way and i think his pace has come a long way i think uh Back in Moose Jaw, he's used to playing, you know, those high minutes. And sometimes you want to almost rest on the ice to uh, to save yourself. But after um, after training camp and, and talking to him about things to work on, that was the one thing was the pace of play. And and I, I think he's really delivered this season so far. When you first draft Denton Matejchuk, I'm sure that you guys have an idea of this is where we want him to be, you know, in X amount of years. When you compare what he's done now to maybe what the plan was, where is he like is he ahead of the curve where you thought he would be for me for me he is uh, i mean you've seen how long he lasted at training camp and that's nhl training camp and everyone was really impressed by him and i, I think he's kind of another situation that uh, jordan was in too that uh, you know these these guys could probably develop uh, pretty well in in the hl this year but um that's not the case so we live with it we move on and we um, we figure out what's the best path for him and from when from when we drafted him to now, I feel like his defensive game has come a long way. I feel like his decision making has come a long way. Um, you know, when when we start projecting to see when he'll have uh, an impact in the NHL, that's that's always tricky, and that's obviously on Yarmo and uh, and JD to make those final calls. But um, you know, from from me myself and uh, Tommy Cross and and Derek Dorsett and Yarko Rutu, uh, we we've been really happy with Denton's development and think he's, uh, you know, he he's the one that receives that that should receive um, all the praise because this kid puts in serious work and um, you know he he's been so impressive to work with and I think he's going to be a future leader with the Jackets as well. You mentioned the pace of play. Where do you want to see his game go as this season continues? Because he's going to have a real opportunity this year. Moose Jaw is in a great situation when it comes to competing for a Memorial Cup this year. So he should be playing some big-time games down the stretch. So what's that next step for him? Yeah, you, you're right. And he's obviously, um, you know, we talked about him seeming to drive the bus for uh, for Hockey Canada. And he's that leader in Moose Jaw. And they made some big moves here in the last uh, day or two with with um, you know grabbing grabbing a lot a lot of talent and you can tell that they're a team that's that's going for it so what a what of an opportunity for one of our prospects to kind of go through this and be the leader and see if they can uh, you know make make some noise and 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 have a playoff run and kind of gun for a championship um, so it, it's exciting to kind of see and, and what do I want to see in Denton I want to see him lead the, the way he's been leading I want to see him kind of bring that momentum that he got from the world juniors right back to the, uh, the WHL and, and just lead by example, but also take a step, um, you know, in the room and off the ice and, and just, just helping the, the young guys and the new guys as they arrive in Moose Jaw. I do have to ask because as it stands right now, the blue jackets are halfway through their season and it looks like they'll have another good draft pick in this year's draft. What'd you think of Macklin Celebrini and watching him play alongside Jordan Dume and Denton Matejchuk? Yeah, he was he was very impressive. Um, you know, anytime you see a cage in that tournament and you know you have an underager, it's uh it's it's interesting to see him um drive the play like like he did for for uh, Hockey Canada. It was uh it was impressive. I, I thought he kind of had um, you know, all the tools that any organization would uh w- would love to have uh the opportunity to get a player like that. So he was um he was impressive. 
Okay, the Blue Jackets also had a prospect on Team Finland and Oiva Keskinen. And I think Finland as a team got better as the tournament went on, and maybe so did Oiva Keskinen. This is a player that I don't think very many Blue Jackets fans know a whole lot about. Tell us what we need to know about Oiva Keskinen and what you saw. Yeah, he was a uh he his game is a very mature game. Um it's very responsible. He he plays above the puck a lot, meaning uh, you know, he's not really taking those those chances um in the O zone uh when, when you're getting beat uh, going back into your D zone. He he seems like a real responsible center. He obviously had uh, the highlight real goal, uh, you know, where he shot at short side. Um, you know, he 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 he's a player that I think coaches will love to have on their team. Um, he's a guy that when you call his name, I truly believe that you're going to trust that he's going to play an honest game and, and you're going to know exactly what, uh, what you're going to get from him. So I was impressed by the, uh, by the live viewings, but um, obviously Yarko Rutu has been working with him and, and uh, I've been watching him on video and that's kind of what I expected to see. But I, I think, um, I think the world juniors was, uh, was, was a little bit of uh you know, a coming out party for him where people started to recognize, uh, you know, that he was a CBJ draft pick. Yeah, it's a unique situation for him, right? Because he was drafted in the seventh round. He's playing in the men's league in Finland this year with Topra, and he's honestly having a good season. You look at the numbers and you're like, wow, this is great for a teenager or rookie playing in this league. How does he compare to the men uh, in your viewings that you've been able to see? Yeah, on video he he doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't look like a um you know a, a kid out there that's that's kind of in his uh in in his first season. He he seems to have that game where he looks like a 24-year-old, 25-year-old veteran and uh you know he, he's he, I've seen him play in all situations whether it's PK or 5 on 5 or PP and and he just kind of rises to each occasion. So um it it you, you he's almost a player that you forget his age when when you're watching him because he's just been uh, he's been really dependable on the on the viewings that I've seen. Does he project as a center in the NHL? Yeah, I, I, I believe we drafted him as a center. Um, I would have to confirm with our amateur guys, but uh, all the viewings that I've had, he's he's been he's been playing up the middle and and I think his responsible demeanor and his, his kind of mindset of staying above the puck really uh, really simulates a, a a good centerman. All right, now we've got to talk about Team USA and Gavin Brindley because they ended up winning the tournament. Gavin Brindley was a huge piece of that team. How impressed were you with Gavin Brindley and just what he was able to do from start to finish in that tournament? Yeah, we're we're very um, we're very excited for Gavin. We're also very proud of him. You know, he's he's uh, he's part of the Blue Jacket family, and and you know, anytime you go to those tournaments, you're you're representing your NHL club too, and. Uh, he he did a he did an outstanding job. Um, you know, I, I remember talking to to a lot of people before and just how impressive Gavin was with his two hundred foot game, and um, you know, it really showed over there just uh, what what he can do on both sides of the rink. And uh, like I said, Gavin comes home with a gold medal, and sometimes it hurts being a being a Canadian, but um, you know, I'm super proud of uh, of Gavin and the way he played. What makes him so special? Because it feels like he does a lot of things really well. So are there specific areas that that he excels that makes him that special player? Well, I think his skating, uh, number one, he's he's a superb skater. Um, his edge work is 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 very good, and he can kind of build speed from any position of uh, of the stride. 
you know, whether he's turning, whether he's uh, from a stop, um, stop, start situation, it seems like he's always gaining speed. I, I think he's in uh, incredible shape. So it seems like towards a, a minute shift towards the end of it, he still has the same pace that he did in the first uh, couple seconds of the shift. Um, you know, that that's just a start. And then you start talking about his hockey sense, his playmaking ability, his release, his shot, um, his, his commitment to the, uh, to the defensive zone, his commitment to finishing checks. Um, he plays PK, he plays PP. Um, you know, he, he's just kind of a, uh, an all around, all around uh, pace setter for his team. You know, it's kind of like when, when the games that I watched of USA, when, once you saw Gavin out there and, and bringing the pace, it was almost like, um, you know, every, everyone followed. So it was an impressive, impressive view and an impressive showing for, uh, for Gavin. Feels like he's a bit of a plug and play type of player, how you're talking about his skill set that he can fit in a bunch of different situations. So as I've asked you with the other prospects, what's the next step for Gavin Brindley as 2024 continues? Yeah. You know what? Our, uh, our, our management management's going to have some tough decisions. That's for sure. Um, you know, with, with, with a case like Gavin Brindley, you, uh, you definitely want to do what's right for his development and make sure he, he takes the right, uh, the right process to, to the end goal, which is obviously a long NHL career. Um, so it'll be uh, there'll be a lot of discussions. I, I don't have an answer for you right now, but um, I, I feel like he's trending in the right direction. That uh, he he has a great opportunity to be a to be a pretty special Blue Jacket player. I know that I like to put you on the spot with some of these, but does Gavin Brindley's game remind you of anybody past or present in the NHL? That's a that's a tough one right off the uh, right off the bat, just because he he brings so many different things and. And you, you got to be very careful projecting these guys, um, especially on recordings where they can bring it back out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you start thinking of um, of probably undersized, powerful um, right shot forwards, whether it's a, a you know, Fix Wolanski, uh, Jonathan Marchessault. There's, um, you know, there's there's a there's not many guys that can skate skate like Gavin at the college level. So. You know, you, you never want to get too excited, but um, he's he's doing everything right as a uh, as a prospect. Just in general terms, how are you feeling about the Blue Jackets prospect base right now? Because I feel like there's so many exciting guys that we talk about year in and year out. But now we get to see some of them actually with the Blue Jackets organization, whether it's a, a Luca Del Bell Blues or a Stanislav Svozil or a James Malatesta up there in Cleveland, and then all of the other guys that they drafted in the 2023 draft. So where do things stand right now at kind of the halfway mark of the season, the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun couple of years working with these guys and now seeing them, um, seeing the product, uh, whether it's in Cleveland or in Columbus, it's been uh it's been fun, but you know, the, the development never stops. Um, you know, whether it's Kent Johnson or Cole Sillinger or Corson Kuhlemans, I, I mean, these guys still got to get, uh, you know, handed off to the coaches and, and the coaches work with them. And, 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 you know, you can always get better, whether you're, you're 30 years old or you're 20 years old. So as far as a prospect pool, um, for the guys in, in junior and CHL in Europe, uh, I think we're moving in the right direction and, and I hate saying this year after year, but you know, the last couple of years we had a lot of draft picks, and and I feel like we're going to start seeing uh, seeing a lot of these guys over the next few years. So, um, you know, it's important that we 
we uh, we develop them the right way, and we make sure once they get there that they're still uh, still developed properly and still um, used because these kids are going to be the future of the uh, the jackets. All right, Rick. Well, thanks for taking the time. As always, I really appreciate it, and I will see you back in Columbus pretty soon. Hey, no problem, Dylan. Anytime. As always, a very enlightening conversation with Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash. And it's not like I ever have any doubts in the Blue Jackets prospect base or anything like that. I think you know me better than that by now, that I'm very high on the Blue Jackets prospects and love talking about them. But there's something I enjoy in talking to Rick that just lets me know everybody's on the right path. They're on the road and on the trajectory that the Blue Jackets have planned for them, whether it's Gavin Brindley and hearing, you know, how he did at the World Junior Championships or learning about Oiva Keskinen just as a player because we didn't know anything about Oiva Keskinen going into that tournament. Or even the struggles that Jordan Dumay had in the World Junior, just kind of the areas that the Blue Jackets want him to continue to work at. Or just hearing Rick say, well, he didn't necessarily have the points in that tournament, he was still making high-end plays. It's all the stuff that you want to hear, right? All of that information that lets you know that the Blue Jackets prospect base is in good hands, is on a good trajectory, and that these players are going to make an impact in the NHL in the future. So that's why I like having these conversations with Rick, just to kind of catch up and figure out how everything's going with these players, because it's a big job, right? It's an important job. You draft and develop for the future of your franchise, and just keeping track with what these guys are doing, it's important to me. You know that. It's important to me because I like Blue Jackets prospects, and I like forecasting the future of this franchise, and I I really do believe that the future of the franchise is in good hands with these players. They're obviously very, very skilled, very talented, and when they succeed at tournaments like the World Junior, it lets you know that the Blue Jackets have made some good choices. So whether it's a Denton Matejuk opening eyes or Gavin Brindley looking like he should have been a first-round pick and a huge difference maker in that tournament, it's just really, really good. So that's a long way of saying I enjoyed the conversation with Rick, and I hope you did too. I hope I asked all the questions that you wanted answered. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Again, huge thanks to Rick Nash for taking the time to do that. As always, thank you very, very much for taking the time yourself to listen, and I will be back chatting with you very, very soon.